This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, thanks very much for being with us on our latest podcast. We've got a lot to come on the program today. Uh, among those you're going to hear from is Mike Zanino. Mike, of course, a race catcher. His wife, Alyssa, just had their second child. And really one of uh, kind of the, the bright spots as this pandemic goes on is the fact that he is getting to spend some time with his very young family. And we'll chat with him about that. We'll also chat with a member of our Rays broadcast family, and that being Ricardo Tiveras, who for many years has done play-by-play on our games in Espanol, in Spanish. So we'll chat with him a little bit in English, a little bit in Spanish about how he's faring right now. And the Rays as a whole have done so many good things in the community, uh, especially their partnership with the Rowdies and Feeding Tampa Bay. Uh, Stefan Thomas is the... uh, Executive Director of the Rays Baseball Foundation. There are a number of grants that organizations in need can apply for the Rays are hoping to dole out. So we will uh, chat with him about that. So if you know an organization that is in need, and there are many, we'll be able to get to that, and you'll be able to apply in quick fashion and hopefully um, get the, the funding that is needed too. And we also probably would be remiss if on this podcast we didn't mention the contribution to the game um, of one Frank Permuey. He was the coach of so many in the Tampa Bay area. Certainly first and foremost from a raise perspective was manager Kevin Cash. They certainly had a very close relationship for many, many years after he played for him. And again, our thoughts were with the Permuey family. Um, and uh, we thank him for all the contributions that he made to baseball here in Tampa Bay. Speaking of baseball with the Tampa Bay Rays, our first guest on the podcast is one Mike Zanino and uh, chatted with him about what has gone on since and also about the latest addition to his family, which occurred right after the pandemic began. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been an absolute silver lining in this whole thing. Uh, you know, uh, we had Paisley on uh, March 28th and, uh, you know, right in the middle of this whole you know craziness going on. Uh, Red actually just turned one on the 19th here. So, I mean, we're going to have some stories to tell those two when they get a little bit older. But, uh, you know, for having to be able to be home and, and social distancing, it, it's been a blessing to be able to have those two here. Are you home back in the, the in, in uh, your home home, your off-season home? Where did you guys kind of decide to, to stay through this? Yeah, so we, uh, we're just north of Tampa here in Gainesville. And, uh, you know, so once all this stuff sort of broke, um, you know, we, we had packed up our stuff in Port Charlotte and headed up here. Um, you know, we have the availability of our place in St. Pete, but obviously with Alyssa being so close to, uh, to, to having our, our second child, we were like, all right, let's get up here in case something were to happen. We had no idea at the time how long this was going to, uh, to last. So we came up here semi-unpacked, you know, because we, we never know when we're going to get the call to get everything going. But, uh, yeah, we're up here, you know, getting settled in. You know, it, it's nice to be back home during this time. Uh, you know, be in a familiar spot, but uh, it, it's been crazy. And, um, you know, we're blessed to be able to live so close here to St. Pete. 
And I know a lot of guys are far from home and, uh, you know, that takes a toll on guys. No question. Can I take, uh, or can you take a step back regarding Paisley's birth? Because I had heard so many stories regarding COVID-19 where in some cases the one parent that the dad and other relatives were not allowed in. Um, what was your situation like? And how scary was the whole process knowing that you go to a hospital, you don't know what you're exposed to? Yeah, no, it was, uh, we had heard the same stuff. You know, obviously we were following the news closely. Um, you know, you're always on edge, obviously with Rhett being so young, but, but, you know, obviously having a newborn entering, you know, the world during this time, it's a little scary, but, uh, luckily I was able to be in there for the birth. Um, they only allowed one, one guest and usually was that, that person's significant other. Um, but it was, it was crazy. Every time we went into the hospital, if I had to go out and get something out of the car, uh, temperatures were being checked. Um, they really didn't want us leaving much. I know there was a lot of areas of the hospital where they couldn't have any guests at all. Um, luckily it was a little bit earlier, um, in this whole pandemic, but, uh, you know, we had read all those articles. Um, we've had some friends that were worried about the same thing that live in different areas of Florida, um, of just being able to be there. I mean, it's such a amazing experience. Um, and I was so blessed to be back here for this, but you know, I couldn't imagine not being able to be in there and see the birth of your child. And I'm guessing too, for Alyssa, from her standpoint, you know, a mom having to be alone for that whole process without those closest to her. Yeah. You know, that, that was, that was a difficult part, you know, and that was obviously the fear that, you know, was in her and, you know, you see that and, you know, your heart goes out to those people that had to do it alone. And, and I know people do it on a daily basis, but you know, if we could have been there, I mean, I'm just blessed that we could have been, but yeah, it was all real fears going into it. And then, you know, let alone taking Paisley home during this whole time and making sure that, you know, we're trying to keep everything as, uh, as clean and sanitized as possible, trying to mm-hmm. keep everybody safe. Yeah. I would imagine the mindset of a, of a parent, especially having really, really young kids, um, it's got to be a little bit different at this time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're like I said, we're fortunate to be home. Uh, obviously, there's enough stuff to, you know, keep Brett occupied. He's the busy one at the time. But uh, yeah, you know, that, that's, I mean, as a parent, that's your first and first and only priority is to keep your kids safe. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, where we're trying to be very safe in whatever we do. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's been a silver lining in the social distancing thing because if we didn't have those two, I'm sure we'd go in a little bit more stir crazy being at home. How challenging is it for the uh, for your parents, for Alyssa's parents? Do you have you guys done drive-bys? What what have you guys done to allow the grandparents to kind of see their grandchildren? Yeah, um, so Alyssa's family's here, um, but my family is uh, in Fort Myers. So there's been a lot of video chatting, uh, you know, a lot of FaceTime. Um, but it's just sort of unprecedented times. I mean, you go back and look at it and, you know, we were talking about it this morning, you know, Paisley's already over three weeks old. Um, you know, it's just, it's just flying by. And it's one of those things where, you know, we're lucky for this time here, but I mean, there's, there's been other things that have not been able to be so convenient, whether it's being able to share her with family and, uh, you know, that, that time will come, but hopefully we can get through this, uh, with everyone being safe first and foremost. From a baseball standpoint, what have you been able to do? How have you tried to stay in shape since this all has happened? Because you're also balancing your family. Yeah. Well, luckily I get a lot of cardio and chasing red around. He's just started walking. So he's getting into everything, but, uh, no, uh, through the course of my career, I've been able to accumulate, um, you know, enough workout stuff where I can get all my workouts in. Um, you know, I have a net, I have, you know, a tee that I can do some, uh, hitting in, uh, my brother-in-law comes by a few times a week to keep the arm in shape. Um, but I, I, you know, bought a little 
I don't even want to call it a Nerf machine, but it's a little pitching machine that shoots these little tiny foam baseballs, but they're about the size of a golf ball. And, uh, you know, that's sort of been my, my BP setting that up in the yard and taking a, taking a few swings off that and just trying to keep some type of timing and some type of, you know, depth perception, uh, in order. Do you make film of it? Do you send it to Paul Hoover for catching when you're receiving little balls? Do you send it to Chad Matola for hitting? I'm kind of curious what, you know, because it's, it's, this is unprecedented. Yeah. Early, early, I started doing some filming, um, as we have not heard as much, I've sort of backed up on that and just sort of up the reps. And, uh, you know, as we get closer, I'm, I'm sure there will be, um, a lot more, uh, dissection of the video. Um, you know, it was actually really good, uh, right before this happened, you know, um, motor and I were in a really good spot of, of how the swing was feeling. So, you know, it actually has given me now, you know, four more weeks of, you know, trying to iron out those and, you know, get that muscle memory as, you know, natural as possible. And, uh, you know, it's helped. I mean, so hopefully there's a little silver lining after this <laughs> gave me a few more weeks to really crank it back up. But, um, you know, it, it's just unprecedented because I know guys that, like I said, are in St. Pete that may not have everything that they need. Um, you know, it, it is tough to stay in uh, the shape that we want to be in. The Rays have such a reputation, though, of communicating. How good has that been over the course of this period? Because, again, for you personally, it's a lot to balance. Yeah, it's great. You know, I mean, I, I think I've heard it from everybody from, you know, coaching staff to strength staff to medical staff. So you, you hear from everybody, which is, you know, I, I can't say every organization does that. But, you know, here it, it, it makes you feel like you're in the loop, um, you know, that once we get going, I mean, we all have the same goal in mind. So just to make sure everybody's safe, everybody's doing well. And, you know, I think everybody feels an obligation to be in the best shape they can after going from last year, having such a great season that it's a little weird of a season now, but we, mm -hmm. we can make a run and, uh, you know, hopefully accomplish what we want to set out to do. Baseball is so routine oriented. Um, so as you work out, do you have, because you've got two young kids at home, do you have a daily routine as to when you work out, how, how long you're working out? What, what is that, if so? Yeah. So for us, you know, I'm usually trying to get there into like the, the mid to later afternoon. Uh, you know, when Paisley's still in the, uh, the phase where she's, you know, sleeping quite a bit. But when Rhett can go down for, you know, an hour and a half, two hour nap, I try to you know, sneak out there, get everything I can done um, and be able to, you know, get my work in the best way I can without rushing through it. And then, you know, by the time the rest of the day goes in, we're spending some family time together. And then a lot of the time in the evening that's, you know, whether it's recovery from stretching and doing stuff like that. And he enjoys that when I'm on the floor playing with him. So it, it's been a lot of fun. With two kids a year and under, I'm guessing your diaper skills are good. Uh, or have Di a whole diapers lot and bottles. <laughs> diapers and bottles have been uh I've had plenty of practice with that so uh it's been it's been eye-opening uh after having one but, but seeing how everything doubles here is uh has definitely been a, a fun challenge um you know but it, it's been great and uh you know like I said I'll I'll put the diaper skills and some of the, the feeding skills to test with anybody right now I've, I've had good practice in the last year have you had any time um with all that's going on, to, have you binged anything? Have you done more cooking? Are there things that you're picking up just to keep your mind right? Because I think that's really important during this stretch. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the binge watching used to be a thing of the past. You know, with the kids now, it's a little hard to have them sit in one spot and watch some stuff. But uh, Alyssa and I love to cook. So it's one of those things where, you know, 
we'll, we'll put in some, some Publix deliveries and we'll have stuff delivered, you know, every couple of days and we'll set a menu up and whether it's throwing stuff on the grill or, or her doing stuff. I mean, it's, it, it's been a lot of fun. It's what we do in the off season. And uh, you know, it, it's been fun to be able to do that together in the evenings and, you know, sort of take a step back from maybe watching the news and doing stuff like that to um, just relax, spend some time together and sort of shut everything off and, you know, sort of get on the same page. What's the favorite dish she makes for you? And what's your favorite dish to make? Oh man. Uh, so she, uh, she, she does the salmon that has this, this sort of Dijon sauce on it. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, so we, we do that, you know, when I, when I crave it, we'll probably do it once a week or so, but, uh, no, I, I love to throw anything on the grill or, or the smoker. So, you know, we've done, you know, some ribs, we've done some steaks, um, just anything that we can throw on there. I've been experimenting, trying to make my own beef jerky, stuff like mm. that. Just try, trying to keep, you know, trying to keep everything new and innovative. And, uh, you know, it's been fun. So, so far, neither of us have gotten sick from food. So that's good. Really good thing. You have a big green egg too, or? Uh, no, I got a, I have a Traeger, so I'm able to do, you know, some smoking on there, some grilling, uh, you know, sort of all in one with it. And uh, you know, I got that actually right at the beginning of this because I knew we maybe spent some time here. So uh, it's been fun. As a, as a dad of two young kids, there's been so much talk about what might be <laughs> the possibilities of where guys may end up playing. Is have is it for you whatever happens happens or how challenging would that be if you guys did have to be separated for a bit? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the the separation, um, you know, when they talk about the the biodomes or complete isolation, uh, I think any any person, you know, probably is, you know, not wanting to be trapped in a hotel room besides the few hours you get to play. But when you start thinking about family, when you start thinking about, you know, your kids growing up or missing what they're doing or, you know, being able to help your wife with them, you know, that's, that's the tough part. Um, you know, obviously nothing's set in stone. Uh, mm -hmm. The biggest thing is, is as players, we want to get out there and play and compete. Uh, that's what we're wired to do. And, uh, you know, with this whole thing going on, we want to do it in the safest way possible. So I know that, uh, you know, between, you know, the PA and, and MLB that they'll put us in a good situation. And you had mentioned you put so much work in on your swing. Give fans an idea what you did. What what is changed? What's different going into this year? Let's assume you know when we do play. Yeah. So uh, you know we we really got into. I mean, I would say a lot of the biomechanics uh, in December. I went into the trop uh, trying to see um, you know just sort of how my body works. Being a catcher, some things uh, tend to shut off. You know, I get very quad dominant. Um, so it, it makes me come out of my load a little bit quicker. So it's how do I activate my glutes? How do I, you know, gain mobility, say in like my ankles so I can hold my load longer? Um, you know, it, it's some pretty in-depth stuff, but we were able to knock all that stuff out in December and, um, you know, really uh, solidify my, my setup and my body positioning and go from there to then adjust my swing. So I have a routine. I wear this, you know, uh, Bilal wears it. He brought it over. Uh, this sort of like this belt that you can attach a, uh, a bungee to, and it sort of pulls you in all different directions. So it sort of solidifies your base, makes you feel your, your body work in different ways. And um, it's just something I've been doing, you know, every day here just to try to get that feel. And uh, I've really liked how it's going. Are your hands in a different spot when you start, when you finish than they were? And how does that, how does that alter your swing? Yeah, I think, you know, for our, for, for my sake, I started from the ground up. Uh, I started from my base. I wanted to make sure that I had a good foundation to start my swing from. 
And from there, I sort of let everything fall into place organically. Um, my hands probably have dropped a little bit, um, you know, which they were high to begin with, but they're probably right at my shoulder height, uh, which allows a little bit easier uh, entry into the zone. Um, and it just allows me to even have a consistent bat path. And uh, like I said, I didn't put too much focus into that because as the base um, became more natural and the foundation uh, solidified, those sort of just fell into place naturally. And what was your level of excitement as, you know, I mean, obviously you were waiting for your second child to be born, for Paisley to be born, but how excited were you just about the overall season as we closed in on, on opening day, you know, before everything got kind of put on hold? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, we were about two weeks away, not even, I think. Uh, so, I mean, that was, that, that's really when you start, you know, getting that, that excitement. You know you're there. Um, you sort of go through the ups and downs where you, you feel good and then you start tinkering with some stuff in spring. And then once you get that stuff ironed out, yeah, that starts to tick up. Uh, the intensity starts to tick up. We were right around that point. So, uh, you know, it was, I know a lot of guys were excited. Pitchers were building up their innings. Um, you know, as a catcher, your body feels good. You're bouncing back, just about to go back to back uh, games. So, I mean, it was, it was really exciting in a good direction. And then all of a sudden when you see it just come to a crazy halt like that, um, you know, emotionally, it's one of those things where you're like, all right, how can I, how can I stay at this level of, you know, excitement or locked in um, for this long haul? And as you go through it, you know, you have to know that you can't live at that level now because we have no idea how long this is going to take. But you know that, you know, hopefully in a few weeks, we did have roughly six weeks only a month ago to get in shape. So we're, we're not too far off of, of where we were at. What would you need? Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? What do you think for you personally? Um, I, I think for myself, you know, a couple of weeks would be, you know, sufficient. I mean, obviously, when you get to three weeks, you're, you're really getting in a lot of bad bats. Um, I don't think we would take it as slowly as a normal spring training. I think we would have to, especially as hitters, we'd have to get at bats. Uh, you know, usually we're behind the eight ball a little bit when season starts because pitchers can always be a step ahead. Um, you know, but I, I think two to three weeks would be, you know, more than good. Um, but how I think of, you know, from the catching stand, but I want our pitchers to be in good shape. You know, I don't want anybody rushing back and, you know, maybe raising the potential of injury. Um, so, so I think three weeks of guys, you know, have been in throwing shape can let them build up to, you know, say three to five innings. And if we can have extended rosters um, for us in Tampa is great because obviously we have so much mm -hmm. depth. I think we'll be in a good boat. And you mentioned your coaching staff. Have you stayed in touch with a lot of the pitchers? I've heard there've been a lot of good, healthy group chats going on. Yeah, yeah, I've tried to keep in touch with as many guys as I can. Um, you know, obviously everybody's sort of uh, worried about their family and stuff like that, and you know everybody's doing what they need to do to stay in shape. But uh, just reaching out, seeing how everybody's doing, um, and you know, making it through this time. Sometimes the hardest thing through the, all this is is the mental side of it. Uh, sometimes the workouts and stuff are a good escape, but you know, just seeing how people are doing mentally and uh, you know, trying to stay locked in for the season. Well, hopefully you and your family can continue to do that and enjoy the blessings of your second child in Paisley. And, and hopefully uh, Rhett continues to grow healthy too. And we hope there's a day real soon where we're seeing you on the baseball field instead of uh, talking about what you're doing to be safe at home. I appreciate it, Neil. Yeah, we're hoping it's really soon. And uh, we're really looking forward to hopefully get back to Tampa and uh, you know, settle in with everything. Well, we appreciate the opportunity to speak to Mike Zanino. And now we have another special guest on our podcast. He has been the longtime radio broadcaster for the Rays in Spanish. Mi gran amigo, Ricardo, Ricardo Taveras. Ricardo, ¿cómo estás? ¿Cómo estás? Uh, ¿Está tu familia? 
I'm fine, thank you. Yo estoy muy bien, gracias. Mi familia está bien, gracias a Dios. And take care with the coronavirus. Uh, Toro, la familia, uh, is healthy right now? Yes, absolutely. Everybody is healthy here. Uh, Toro, la familia, in donde está tu familia? In Dominicana, in Nueva York? I have part of family in Dominican Republic, in Spain, in New York, and in California. I have one son too in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm here, the rest of my kids. Are all of them okay? Está bien? Todo? Absolutely. Muy bien. Has it been, what's it been like for you and your family? Scary? How would you describe it? Well, we only, we have care for it all the time because we have to do that because we know how, we don't want anybody sick in my family. So all kids, they take care of themselves and everything. Who's it? Is it, you have a younger son who's in? Yes. How difficult is this for him? Uh, uh, si hijo si menor está en, en uh, casa contigo, uh, lo difícil que es para él? It's very difficult. Remember, he's in the first years of high school and he made too many, too many questions. Uh, <laughs> you know him. So, he liked uh, a lot of sports, so he liked practice. Uh, old park is closed, and so it's very difficult for him. But we try to to help him a lot. And and he plays baseball, right? Uh, juega That's, baseball. Yes. See, si, juega baseball. Is it is that the harder part? Is it school or missing baseball? Both. He missing both. He don't like too much school, but he missing now. So. <laughs> <laughs> How many years is this for you now that you're doing race baseball? ¿Cuántos años has trabajado por los Reyes? I'm starting 2000. Um, yes, I take off uh, two years in 2002, 2003, and 2004. I combated 2005. So uh, I enjoyed that, doing, doing this all my life. Um, what other job? Because you have other jobs too. It's not only the race. Can uh, trabaja uh, por ahora también? Uh, yes, um, I'm doing. You know my website for. I'm my own boss now. <laughs> uh, Maxima Deportes. Uh, we have three million hits every month, and we work hard. And also, I have another, another, um, another like a news newspaper is Bahia Aldea. This is all local news in, in Tampa Bay areas. Is, is that difficult to do from home? Is difícil, es fácil ahora? Muy difícil. Remember, you need news, so you have to go out. And it's very difficult sometimes. You have to, Yama, uh, you have to call a lot of people, I would guess, no? I, I had to call people. I had to use freelance <laughs> because I can drive to, example, to Sarasota or to Pasco or Hernando to get some news. I have um, to write to, to the, receive emails from, from the different police department. This is for Bayanut and for for uh, 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 Maxima Deportes, uh, we have subscription with 
if F E F E and A P A P we call in in Spanish. They mm -hmm. they give me all all news and sports we needed. But right now there's not a lot of no muchos uh, noticias. See, not much no, news. No, no, it's not too much news. But we had to write. I call a, a lot of people. If I know from sport guys, Dominican Republic, like Davis Ortiz, like Manny Ramirez, like um, Pedro, he helped me and he gave me some news on time, uh, something like that. So we tried to do good. So for all the years in baseball, you have a lot of friends that you can rely on. Tú tienes muchos amigos en baseball. Sí, señor. Gracias a Dios. Thank you, God. <laughs> What do you miss most about baseball right now? ¿Qué pierde más sobre el baseball? What I miss. Most, sí. Uh, stay with you, calling play by play. And see my friends from the Tropicana field. So I, I think, you know, I feel this organization is like my house, my family, the Tropicana field, Centen. So it's sometimes hard, but I have to work from here so baseball you have a routine yes uh, what is your routine now uh cual es su rutina cada dia ahora it's funny when i <laughs> when i finish to put news in, in maxima deportes and in bahia Aldea, i go to my backyard and work i i <laughs> i have i go to plant it's a lot of vegetable and things like lettuce, tomato, uh, cucumber, um, everything we call ajíes. <laughs> Un jardín grande? Uh, sí. A big garden? A uh, big garden. Um, que, que, uh, what else are you doing? Um, está con, uh, cocinado, corriendo, leyendo. What are you doing with all the time? I read um, now one book, um, say, Como ganar provecho del fracaso. This is in Spanish. How to win. Uh, how do you win, uh, um, take advantage from the fail you have and everything. This is John Maxwell. I read this book. Um, also, I'm stretching my body. So I try to, to Go busy. From Lots of exercise, más ejercicio? Muchos ejercicio, yes. That's what I try to do. Well, uh, I certainly appreciate the time. I hope there's much health and safety for you, and I hope to see you soon. Uh, gracias por el tiempo. Uh, thank you, Neil. Uh, para mí es un gusto, un orgullo que me haya dado esta oportunidad. Gracias. Uh, and enjoy that. Gracias, gracias. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Take care of your family too, okay? I will. <laughs> Great to chat with one Ricardo Tavares on our program. Uh, certainly hope that uh, race baseball is back not only in English, but is in Espanol uh, as well. And uh, hopefully not long before that is the case. But in the meantime, the Rays are doing so many good things in the community, um, starting with the uh, program with Feeding Tampa Bay, 
Uh, and who better to talk about that and the chance for many organizations uh, to benefit from a program the Rays are doing now. And joining us, Executive Director of the Rays Baseball Foundation, is one Stephen Thomas. Stephen, thanks very much for being with us. Well, thank you, Neil. I really appreciate you having me on to talk about some of our community efforts. Um, I think when we really kind of kicked us off was with our Feeding Tampa Bay campaign. Um, so we had committed initially $100,000 to the campaign and then a matching up to an additional $150,000. And I think as of today, I just checked, we're at $391,000, so our goal of $400,000. And, and, and Feeding Tampa Bay has been a tremendous partner, uh, making sure that they're helping the, the families and the people who are most vulnerable during this current pandemic. Um, they actually, just this past Saturday, they've been setting up a food delivery site over at Tropicana Field from nine to 12 uh, on Saturdays. Um, and they had, I think, over 1,200 people um, just coming through line for, for food for that day. So um, I think we feel fortunate to be in this position where we can help out an organization who is doing so much good in our community. And they're not the only one. I mean, that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg as you're nearing, in terms of the money raised, up to you know 4 million meals that'll be served through this whole donation program and this matching donation program. You guys have doled out, what, almost $700,000 in various grants throughout Tampa Bay to help with organizations, right? Yeah, that's correct. So we've committed, a, a, so far, $700,000. And I think at a minimum, we're going to be committing $1 million. And that's just specifically to COVID-19 relief grant. Um, so through our community partnerships, our community fund grant program, and then our new grant, which we just announced last week, uh, which is our COVID-19 relief grant. Um, so this is for organizations who are really focusing on hunger relief, shelter, our health and wellness. Um, and really, we just want to be as broad as possible because we know that the direct impact these organizations are making in our community um, is un immeasurable. Um, and we feel fortunate to be in this place where we can help out these organizations who are, are really um, on the front lines during this, this current pandemic. So before we get to the application process, give us an idea of the $700,000 doled out. Who are some of the organizations that have benefited and how are they helping in the relief efforts? Yeah, so um, I think I'll start off with just going over CASA in, in Pinellas County and then the spring in, in, in Tampa. Um, so these are two organizations focusing on domestic violence. Um, with so many people at home right now, they've seen a rise in cases and calls, and there's not really an outlet uh, for people to seek help. Um, so those are two organizations that we've had a direct impact in making sure they have the resources to continue the program that they do. Uh, the YMCA is on both the, the Sun Coast, Tampa, and St. Petersburg. They're currently providing um, actually for uh, child care for all of our first responders for free. Um, so that is direct impact. So our hospital workers, our police, our firefighters, our EMTs can go to uh, go to work and not have to worry about the, 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 the cost or the worry of the child care that they're providing. So uh, that's an organization. And then and the Boys and Girls Club of the Sun Coast, um, they're providing the hot meals to families. Um, we've been fortunate to have these conversations with a lot of families and uh, the schools have done a great job of providing uh, meals from their school sites, but the hot meals at dinner time is not something that's been provided. So Boys and Girls Cup of the Sun Coast has been able to step up and provide those hot meals for those families during this time as well. I would imagine from this, your foundation is probably as busy as it's ever been in some ways. Yeah, um, you know, I think one of the, the proudest things that I think I've been as a raised employee is that we've always been able to step up uh, in times of need, whether it's been through the different hurricanes that hit the area, um, the, the Pulse nightclub shooting, and, and now this current pandemic, um, to be able to give back in a meaningful way and know that um, really when the time comes to raise, raise and rowdy's organization step up to the plate uh, is something that we feel very fortunate to be able to do. 
So with $700,000 in donations doled out, we mentioned that there are at least 300,000 available where organizations can apply. And you gave kind of an idea, but what types of organizations can apply? How quickly do they need to apply? And where do they need to go to make sure they get their you know, application filled out? Yeah, so one of the things is that we, we don't know exactly when this current pandemic is going to end. So there's not a deadline to apply for this application because we want it to be something that we know that the needs might evolve in two months, three months, six months, however long this current thing lasts. Um, so right now we don't have a timeline on when people have to get an application in. Um, but people can go to raisebaseball.com slash teaming up for more information. We're going to be notifying groups within 30 days of submission um, to, to let them know if they have received the grant or if there are additional ways we might be able to help. Uh, but we're really trying to focus on those three main areas, which are hunger relief, uh, shelter, and health and wellness organizations. Um, and really, we kept it broad on purpose because we know that a lot of things can fit into it. And we want to hear from organizations about what are their current needs, how can the Race and Rowdies Foundation come back and help them and support, um, and really, we can go from there. And it sounds like a 30-day turnaround is, is pretty good in this day and age, too, to be able to help those organizations that do get their materials in or have a chance to get helped, maybe not immediately, but fairly quickly. Yeah, we understand that this is impacting families right now. So we want it to be as quick as possible to make sure that we can release these funds. And, and, and I mean, there, there's so many, you hear their stories, you see the articles in the news, uh, you see the different conversations you have with different nonprofits and how everything is impacted from their day-to-day -day operation. Uh, so for us to be able to turn around as quickly as possible is something that we feel proud about. And I think I would guess especially now, because so many people are dealing with employment challenges, um, those might be people who would donate to a nonprofit, or there might be a company that would donate to a nonprofit that couldn't, under these circumstances, may have in the past, right? Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the things that I'm most proud about to see that the, how many of our, our current fans are contributing to that Feeding Tampa Bay campaign. To see that, I mean, we were able to do the initial match of the $250,000, but I had that almost completely matched by other people in the community. And, and I think people realize that anytime they come to the raise and they're at the, the fan fest or that buying shirts off our back ticket, every dollar that we raise for the foundation is going back to the community. We make sure that we budget so that every dollar we raise is going back out. So um, I hope people realize that when, when you are giving to the Race Space Foundation, you're giving back to, to really the whole Tampa Bay community in general. Well, Stefan, you guys are doing great work with the Race Baseball Foundation. We hope that lots of organizations are going to get involved, apply for those grants, and hopefully be rewarded some necessary relief during this time when so many people need it. Well, thank you, Neil. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. We certainly appreciate the time of Stefan Thomas, and we hope that you will take advantage of the resources that the Rays Baseball Foundation is providing to many needy nonprofits in this area. We also appreciate the time on the podcast of Ricardo Tavares and are glad that he is safe and healthy. And the same goes for Rays catcher Mike Zanino. On Friday, we're going to have another special podcast with a Rays alumni. I certainly hope you'll be a part of it. Uh, and, and enjoy it. This should be a real treat. Uh, stay tuned for that. I'm going to leave it at that, and we will chat with you soon. <laughs>